0: This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.
1: Amen. Can we have a sit? Um, Quickly I'll call uh, Esther to read uh, this passage for us. She will be my assistant preacher today, so, amen. So Esther, can we celebrate her as, as she comes? So she will read uh, the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3.
0: Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the straps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the councillors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations and languages, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, pl- and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time certain children came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O King, live forever. You O King have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image." And whoever does not fall down and worship shall not shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace there are certain jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of babylon shadrach meshach and abednego these these men O king have not paid due to regard to you they do not serve your gods or worship the gold image you have set up then nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring shadrach meshach and abednego So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, she Rath Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made. good." But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, before the king's command was urgent, therefore before the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down and fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste, and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fire furnace, and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and kings of counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Their hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have and they have the king's word. And yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon.
1: Amen. Wasn't that good? Hallelujah. Uh, train of the child in the way that should grow, go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Um, you know, it's funny nowadays. I, you know, that there, there's times I see some, you know, believers and I'm like, hey, do you know the story of uh, Shadrach, Mishik, and the bad nigga? And they're like, no, I've never had it. I'm like, well, wait, they to change you in Sunday school. You know, like, those are like basic. Stories, you know, Bible stories that you know we were brought up with. This is such a fascinating story in many ways, uh, for me personally. This is what I want to talk about. What I call faith in the fire, because I believe that the true test of faith is when it is tested, um, tested in the burning flames of life, it's tested in the burning flames of frustration when. Your fate is tested in the scorching flames of fire. Because your fate is nothing until it has been tested. Uh, because you know, until it's tested we, we it might be difficult to get through some things and become who God wants us to be. Because the truth about it is that we are the light of the world. And naturally light would always radiate heat because you, wherever you are, you are light. And and I remember the last time that I was here, we talked about the features of light, the components of light. Light light is colorful, light is bright, but also light has temperature. And you can either decide to be hot or cold. And because you're light, you're hot, it would naturally get you in trouble. It would naturally stir fire because of the heat that you carry. Because you're light, you can't stand injustice, you can't stand people being uh, spoken against. You want things to be done right because you're the light of the world. And as a result of that, automat- naturally, you would radiate heat. And when you radiate heat, guess what happens? It leads with fire. Faith and the fire, I believe, it's knowing... Knowing that no matter what you are up against, that nothing is greater than your God. No matter what you're up against for speaking the truth, no matter what you're up against for doing the right thing, no matter what you're up against for standing different and being different, that God would always be greater than whatever that you are going through. Because faith, it's the substance of things not seen. It's the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. Because And, and that's why it's important to teach. That's why it's important to preach about it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing to God's word. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. Because we need the kind of faith that would get us through the fire of life. We need the kind of faith that will help us going no matter what is happening to us. No wonder the Bible tells us in First Corinthians, are uh, Corinthians three, fifteen, that if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as true fire. So now the story of Daniel, the story in John Daniel three. It's a very important story. It's it's a story about three faithful believers who were thrown in a blazing furnace of fire because of their faith. Their name was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were young Jewish boys and men of excellence who were thrown into the lake of fire just for being different, for being so strong in their hearts about their belief, for being so strong that their God was greater than no other, than every other. And I'm sure that most of the force has been through such kind of fire just for being different. Just for being different. For, just for standing, standing out from the rest of the crowd. This is what happened to these young boys. They had the kind of fate that disrupted the status quo. And as a result of that, guess what happened? They got in the fire for that. Now, I think there are a lot of things to look at, especially when we talk about the story. Uh, if we look at the sociological background of the story, there are a lot of things, one of the things that we noticed is that these guys were foreigners in a foreign land. Now, at this time, most of the Israelite, most of the children of Israelite were in exile in Babylon. Most of them were slaves there. Some of them migrated there because, you know, nothing was happening in their home country, so they were looking for new opportunities. So for these guys, they were foreigners in this country, and guess what happened? It's easy for them to stand out because, of course, they either look different, they talk different, and 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 and, 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 and as a result of that, it's easy to identify that these guys really do not fit in here. And and what is the point? What, what 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 am I trying to say? Because oftentimes, you know, we often see ourselves standing out not because of things that are in our own making or because we are speaking out, but just because naturally we stand different or we, we stand out completely. But the second thing that we noticed about these guys was that their identity was stolen. And uh, sort of they, 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 they have been sort of brainwashed in a way where they were given new names. You know, This was the time of Prophet Daniel. You know, these, were also, these guys were also more like uh, 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 mentees of Prophet Daniel. You know, they, it was, they were his contemporaries. They were serving in the Babylonian kingdom at that time and they were considered uh, people trained and skillfully gifted in the kingdom of Babylon at that time. And these guys, guess what happened? You know, they, 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 in order for them to really fit in, the king gave them new names. The king gave them new identity. For Daniel, he changed his name to Beth Cheser. Uh, the text uh, is it? Belchez, I think. Belchazzar. And then to uh, 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 Shedra, his original Hebrew name was Hananiah. Meshach was Michel. And Abadnego was Azariah. So they changed his name so that he would fit in into the system or into the society. Because without fitting in, it might actually be difficult to get anything done. And sometimes most of us find ourselves in that situation where we do certain things just to fit in. We do certain things just to fit in, uh, just to get things done. And this was the situation, this was what, where these guys found themselves. They were foreigners, their identity was stolen, and they tried to do everything possible to fit in. But another thing that was interesting about them was the fact that they were known for for their strong faith and belief and cultural belief. If you read the book of Daniel, at this morning I'm not in a preaching mode and kaboot and all that. No, I just want to teach, okay? This, if you read the book of Daniel, one of the things you notice, <laughs> you know, where the speakers are blowing up, eh? Yeah, I'm not in that mood now. Uh, you know, you come to a point in your life, you know, you just want to. You just want to pass in on information and hope that people get it. You know, you don't want to talk over people and just say, ah yeah. It depends. The context is important because when I go to Africa, I need to shout. If I don't shout, people will sleep. Yes. So 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 the context is very important. So but but if I'm in a different context, people prefer that I'm talking to them. Then also depending on how you feel anyway. There are times that you can't control it. The fire becomes too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so 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 for these guys now, you know, what has happened, if you notice they were very strong. They they, to, they held on to their cultural and, and and beliefs and also their faith. In first in Daniel chapter one, what happened was uh, they wanted to give them wine and food and ecstasy, just, you know, there was a culture of gluttony and in, in, in those days, you know. And, and they were, because they were trained and, 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 and highly skilled and were considered one of the lead men for the king. And uh, the king uh, told them to, uh, hey, enjoy yourself, have some drink. And they, they said, no, uh, we can't do that. It's against our belief. Uh, rather, We rather prefer that you give us vegetables to eat. We don't care about drinking wine. We don't care about eating too much and all that. And after 10 days, after a couple of months, I don't think it's 10 days, and come back and take and, and compare us with others that actually ate those stuff and drank wine, and you'll see the difference. And guess what happened? And after that, they saw there was a tangible difference just by eating vegetables. They look better, were healthier than the other people. And the question I often asked myself was, this is amazing. Because these guys, they didn't, you know, there are some people, they will force themselves, you know, like, no, I can't do that, but they plead at their case. Just give us a couple of months, and you will see the difference. I believe that part of the reason why, till today, we'll still advocate for people being vegans and eating vegetables and all that, it's partly due to this culture that they're introduced. And oftentimes we don't talk about it. They pleaded their case humbly. They didn't shout about it. And at the end of the day, guess what? They saw the difference. And sometimes as a people or individuals, we can plead our case even at the workplace. And say, this is how I would do it. Okay, let me just do it, and at the end of the day, you will see the difference. And because God is with you, they will see the difference, and say, wow, that is amazing. And they adopt that idea. You know. But why am I saying this? Because these guys, they were very, you know, they were very stuck in their faith. And that's amazing. But also another thing about them is that they refused to bow them to the golden image. Uh, so what happened now at this time babylon you know they were prosperous and that's one of the things with any first world country you know now it's easy for us when we look at history we think about let's say for example we look at now and we think about most countries of the world and we think that's how it's going to be forever no give the next 500 years maybe the world power will be in another country even hundred you know it's moving gradually away from america now and it will end up somewhere. At this point, world power, the people that had the world power, was the modern day Iraq where Babylon was at that time. And due to that, and one of the things, if you notice, one of the things that happened, you know, there is always things that any world power, any country that's a world power due to influence other cultures. For example, today it's America. Every average Aussie kid wants to be American. They watch American comms and whatever. You know what? You go to, you just go to an average mall and just go there, and you see young kids. You know, they start to talk. You know, they'll start to use the F word. Where did he come from? America, because they see it the on TV's and they think that's that's a thing. That that's that's a cool stuff. That's that what it means being cool. In fact, even to the point, even one of the things I notice in Australia is that one of the they. The, the system or the media don't even celebrate local talents. In order for you to be recognized as an Australian talent, you have to move to the U.S. and you're celebrated there. Then you'll be recognized back home. And and, and that is a culture in a sense that every word power, you know, kind of determines what's the norm, what is the golden image of their time. For this guy at this time, it was he built this, this magnificent six-story building statue. And he referred to it as the God that the people should worship. And a lot, everybody was bowing down to this God, to this thing. And it it was really interesting because when this was happening, you know, it's, it's easy sort of to, you know, to do that, to conform to social pressure or to conform to whatever that was the norm. Because guess what? You know it's been normalized and everybody's doing it, and of course you have to do it. You know everybody swears, yeah, it's cool. I have to do it as a norm, as a culture. It makes me cool. You know everybody was bowing down to the golden image, and it makes you cool if you do the same. You know everybody's wearing ripped jeans, so I have to wear my own ripped jeans to look cool. So it's a culture of the time. I do wear ripped jeans, you know that. So we are all bowing down to the same thing, so it's all good. And guess what? Guess what? It's a culture of that time. And these guys, when this was happening, you know, normally it's expected of them to do the same. To still bow down. That was what's expected. But they did not bow down to the golden image. us there are golden images in our closets. Things that we bow down to, we are addicted to. Things that we do because other people do it. Things that we do, not really because we want to do it, but because our friends do it, because it makes me look cool. Things that we say that makes us look cool. Places that we go that makes us look cool. Yeah. Oftentimes I travel. I travel a lot, not, not nowadays. Uh, I travel most often time. And, and sometimes I go to a new country you know I'm always struggling with people seeing me as an old guy I'm not really I'm a young guy and just that you know I was exposed to life at a very young age like after uh, high school 15 I started traveling around the world and as a result of that you know I kind of you know was exposed to a lot of things at a very young age in life so due to that I struggle you know you know and I'm trying to stay young, you know? That's why sometimes I do crazy things. I was actually th- thinking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, putting that colour on my head. But I'm like, if I do that, I don't know church people, I don't know how they will feel about that. You know, they'll probably think this guy's a leader. But me struggling and having some kind of identity crisis. You know, some people call it a um, midlife crisis, is it? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not hitting 40 yet, though. Yeah. So, but the thing is, the thing is, it was a norm. And they wanted to, you know, everybody was doing the same thing, and you want to look cool and all that. But they said, no, we cannot bow down to this thing. Now, think about it for a second. How would, and these guys were people that were well respected. How do you think? that people that knew him, knew them, would react. They said, no. But this is an interesting part. They said, no. And then the about ourselves is that, Satin Chaldens, whether it's Chaldans or Caldens, depending, if you pronounce it in English, you will say Chaldens, but if you pronounce it, the actual pronunciation is Cal, Caldens. They saw those guys, they knew that those guys were not, you know, bowing down. But the interesting thing about it was that, these guys, what's your business? Even if they don't bow them. (laughs) What's your business? But they knew because these guys were gifted and they were on the spotlight. And as a result of that, they saw that. They saw that as a way to prey on them, to prey on them, for them, to prey on their down, on, on that. And they reported to the king, oh, King, we we notice that certain guy's actually just this guy's just this guy's just couldn't bow down to what you've you know uh, 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 molded for us, and then the king was furious. But but think about that, the Bible had to explicitly explicitly I'm sorry. Say that this guys were childish. Why would he mention that? Because Chaldeans are not necessarily Babylonians. Let me give you the context. Chaldeans are not Babylonians per se, but most of the Childans often disguise themselves to be Babylonians. So what happened was, they were more like a second-class citizen, and they would often look for any opportunity to gain favor. I, I don't know if I can bring it down to this place without It becoming a racial issue. Children, they were, some of them were slaves, some of them migrated to Babylon, and some of them, you know, married there and now had kids, you know, mixed uh, with their own child and also Babylon. So oftentimes they were struggling, trying to, they're the ones that will push, uh, present themselves to be Babylonians, but they're not. But they're not. So as a result of that, they would find any opportunity to take anyone out of their position so they can gain favor. And sometimes we have people like that in our life. We have a lot of childhoods in our own lives today. And you know how you know them? They are the people that are finding ways to seek our downfall. And the only thing they need to do is just to stab you at the back just to gain favor, even in the workplace. And these are people that you have some kind of shared struggles. You guys are having the same kind of challenges. You guys are both suffering. You guys don't have the stake as all this. You guys are the bottom bottom part of, 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 of the society, at the margins of the society, but they are going to stab you at the back just to get ahead. I've had my own share of children in my life. And we all do. We all do. We all do. And the mistake that we make is when we often think that the children's that they are our friends. You think that they are your friends. And that's where the problem is. Because they would find a way to prey on you. They will find a way to stab you. At the back, can you help me touch your neighbor and tell you, beware of the child and don't make them your friend. I had my own share of it when I was uh, I was in a seminary, so I was uh, I was sort of elected, you know, student council president, you know. Things you're excited about those days, and I put my heart and soul was working for the uni- for this uni. I was putting my heart and soul doing a whole lot of stuff. And guess what happened? At the end of the day, people in my own cactus went and reported me. That, you know, people. You know, people that don't natural that don't understand why you're gifted and how you're gifted, and wouldn't want to identify with it. You know. When i my back, started talking whatever, that I did this, I did that, because I was doing a lot of things and they didn't understand how things were just happening. And, and, and one of the things that happened was, the professor, of my seminary day, I was a student council president, couldn't call me to tell me, Victor, this is word of what we're hearing, this is true, so I could at least defend myself. And guess what happened? disbanded my council without even seeking my own you know, and and I was just there in the chapel and they just talked you know, announced it, I'm like really? And they were all, most of the people were laughing. And the same people in my council was also the people that was used to form a new uh, they called it a caretaker committee whatever we do have the child in our own life and sometimes it's usually because we're gifted. Because when you're gifted, you would naturally attract enemies. And that's the first point I want to make today. Yeah, I'm just starting, eh? The first point I want to make is that is this. If you step out in faith for what you believe in, you are going to be persecuted if you step out in faith to do whatever you want to do, whether it's hold on to your faith, whether it's hold on to whatever vision that God has given you, whether it's running that business, there will be people that will stand against you and you will be persecuted for just that. And this is interesting, you know, for me, I think, so when this guy did this, they reported it to the king, and the king was not happy about it. And they get, guess what happened? The king, uh, you know, summoned them and they called them up. And you know, you know, the king was possibly a narcissist, you know. So you couldn't really obey my order. So let me show you. And he told the, he told his boys to make sure that the fire is seven times, do you say, hotter or stronger or Arthur, good, make sure that is the case, and they put those guys inside there. <laughs> they put those guys inside the furnace, but something interesting happened. They were in the fire. I don't know if any of you have had a real life experience when you were ever exposed to a fire. The fire will reveal the real you. So many of us are in a fire, and that's why, because of the heat of the fire, the heat, you are easily easily irritated. You're in a fire, and I match you. You like you stand up and literally want to throw me off because you are in a fire. Can you help me tap your neighbor and tell your neighbor, "Have you been in a fire?" It will reveal who you really are. It will reveal who you really are. And you know what I another mean, I thing the fire does? The fire will expose you to vipers. I'm sure that when those guys were inside the fire, I'm sure that there are people, maybe they were locked inside the room there. I'm sure there are people there mocking at them and saying, oh yeah, what can your God do now? Now you will, they will throw you in. It. What can he do now? I'm sure there are vipers that were mocking at them. And one of the things vipers do is to pray on your downfall. That's why I like Paul. Paul would just, you know, after the guy was traveling around the world preaching, nobody was taking care of him, and he ended up somewhere. And he was in that island, and he was trying to get warm, warm, he was trying to get warm from the fire and a viper, can, you know, and that's what fire does. It exposes you to vipers. Some of us are at a point in our life where we're exposed to vipers. People that prey on our vulnerability on our weakness and we are experiencing that because we are in fire we are dealing with so many stuff the heat is too much and as a result of that we're easily we easily flare up like it's something I notice for myself when I notice I'm the heat is too much I try to withdraw because I become really nasty you don't want to see me in my bad day trust me you know, I become nasty. I become, I just don't care because I'm in a fire. Fate in the fire. But thank God, because I believe when your fate, when you get in the, in your in, when you're in fate, when your fate gets you in trouble And when you find yourself in a fire because of what you believe, the second thing that will happen is that you'll be protected. You'll be protected. And the Bible tells us that. Guess what happens? And the king looked inside the fire. And he drew three people there. And he's seen four. And he's saying that this four guy is looking like the son of God. How, How would... A pagan king know even what the son of God is. But oftentimes the thing is that God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Son of God, it's always in the fire to cool it for us when we're there. The king saw four people, but when people came out it was three people. So it tells us that God. God is always in the fire with us. Can you help me? I think someone needs to hear that. God is always in the fire with you. God is always in the fire with you. God is always in the fire with you. God is always in the fire with us. He's always there. No matter what is happening, He is always there. Because sometimes we need that fire. I tell people this, in order to have a balance in life, we need the good self and the bad self. Now, let me interject a bit of psychology, okay? We need the good self and the bad self. Both of them are good. We need the fire as much as we need God. Because the good self can only take you as far as to sat in circles or whatever. When you're going for a job interview or you're trying to do something in a different context, you need the bad self. Your bad self is confidence. Your bad self know how to get to the hearts of people. And you need it. The good self can always, might be shy, you know, but you need to create a balance in order to have a balanced life. So when we are in the fire, when we're exposed to our bad self, the good self is always there. God is always there with us to create a balance. To create a balance. Yes. I'm over 28 seconds. Isn't that good? So I have to wrap up like in five minutes max. Otherwise I'll be kicked out. So <laughs> So this will happen, this will happen. And immediately after that, and they came out, it was three people. And God protected them. God delivered them from the fire. It's remarkable. Because God always comes true for us. No matter where we are or what we think we're passing through, He always comes true. And one of the things I know for sure is this. The Bible says, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, though I walk into the burning furnace of fire, I will fear no evil, for he is with me. The Lord and my rod and his staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. They comfort me even in a burning fire and then the king brought them out and when he brought them out he told them wow because of their fate because they did not budge because they did not bow and because they did not burn, he promoted them in the kingdom and because of that The whole nation had about their God. You want to talk about how to bring about a real change? Stick to your faith. Stick to that vision. Stick to what, and when I'm talking about it, it's one thing to say faith. It's another thing to say, you could also mean the vision that you have for yourself, for your life. Stick to it. It could be the vision you have for your family. It can be difficult and tough, but stick to that, to what you believe is right. At the right time, at the right time, a lot of people will celebrate your life because of your belief. And the Bible tells us that the kingdom, they honored those guys, they promoted them, everybody had about their God. And that's point the last point i want to make that once we we'll stay in the fire stay and hold on to god despite what we're going through at the right time we will be promoted we will be promoted no matter what is going on real change it's not making noise about it it's not real change it's not being really an activist. It doesn't really change anything. I tell people that. That's my stand. It doesn't change anything. You want to change stuff and you're destroying everything just to make a change. It doesn't really real change. It's when no matter what is going on, you hold on to your belief. You hold on to your belief. You hold on to your belief until you have the right platform to bring people to your corner. And this is what this guy said: The whole nation came to God because of their belief and their faith. Everybody bought into their vision because of their belief and their faith. Don't botch. Don't bow. And don't bond. Can you help me just stand up and just tell someone that? I think someone needs to hear that. Don't botch, don't b- bow, and don't burn. Maybe the the person is not hearing that well. Could you help me announce that to someone else? Don't botch, don't bow, and don't burn. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you because because of you, even though our faith it's in the fire. We will not budge, we will not bow, and we will not burn, because you're with us. Even though we're persecuted, we know, Father, that you protect us. Even though we're persecuted, we know at the right time you will promote us. And so shall it be, because you're true to your word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word remains the same. And we hang on this, waiting for our promotion we know it will happen it will happen in this season because you are with us we lift up our eyes to the heel from where comes our help our help comes from the lord the maker of heaven on earth we thank you for you are a good god in jesus name amen amen
0: the message you've heard was produced by the transformation edge and we hope it has inspired you for more information, please visit our website www.thetransedge.com or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com or on Facebook, The Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 4731 2419. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.